podcast where we talk about Which is, we did the first episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, on Sunday, and that was about episodes one to five. Today is the following Wednesday, um, and we're like, we've got to record another episode. Because we like we want to keep watching the show now, right? We started, we want to keep yeah. going. But we can't just release Neon Genesis Evangelion because it's like it'll be like five episodes. So this is like a midweek recording directly afterwards that we'll just put out periodically um, whenever we're like oh fuck we've run out of daddy issues things to talk about <laughs> bam neon genesis throw out some NGE. Yeah, yeah yeah so hello from the past and what's it what's it like where you guys are now oh my god has the apocalypse happened and if it has ocu manura is ready for it it's <laughs> it's an off pod reference that was a throwback to something pre-record yes but which we're not going to tell anyone about, apparently. No, absolutely not. Go <laughs> and watch the NFL dangerous. show with, uh, with, with Jason Bell and Ocean Manure, and then that will be all you, all you need to know. But the apocalypse, actually, is a perfect tie-in to our topic, Dave, which nice is segue. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Thank you. Um, we, last episode, as I said, we did episodes one to five. Then we've moved on to episodes six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So episode eight is a direct continuation from uh, the last one, which was Ray part one or Ray one. This one is Ray two, also known as uh, Showdown in Tokyo three. Um, episode seven, the works of man. Episode eight, Asuka arrives in Japan. Episode nine, mind matching moment. And episode 10, the magma driver. Uh, diver. Sorry, the magma diver. What did you think? of these next five episodes because you were super psyched after we watched the last ones i was yeah and episode five ended on a cliffhanger too so i was well excited to see how where it went what was uh, so the episode cliffhanger? six what was the cliffhanger at the end of episode five the cliffhanger was um the the angel that's attacking the city is like some weird diamond pyramid yeah thing and um it like right at the end of it, it fires some like gnarly laser or something and then <laughs> it goes it, then it goes boom to be continued and you're like what's gonna happen yeah so the following it looks episode, like shinji's about to get disintegrated yeah 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 so the following episode uh, was great that followed followed on that um that clash and um i can't really remember what it has, happened. The, it has the giant sniper rifle the giant sniper rifle yeah and and the, oh yeah because the the big pyramid thing is drilling down mm. subterraneously towards the uh, the nerve facility and yeah they've got um to take it out but the, for some reason its field is is far too strong for them to attack it up close so they have to attack it from really far away and yeah there's some sniper rifle the size of a skyscraper um but and shinji and ray have to sort of work together um yeah and ray ends up kind of saving shinji mm. at the end that, that was a really cool episode actually exploring their their sort of relationship and their similarities and and sort of 
building up a friendship through trying to build a friendship anyway on Shinji's part through Ray's pretty thick layers of defenses emotional defenses and it ends in a really nice way where oh well, after... we'll, we'll come we'll come to it we'll come to oh, it we'll come to okay. it later on okay next at next episode what did you think of, of, of episode seven the works of man uh, that one was quite good that one was kind of um seemed to be just about answering a question that maybe like a someone in the audience could have been like well are the evangelions really the best way to handle this angel problem and it turns out compared to anything else that the plant the human race has got the evangelians pretty much are are the best but then there's also an element of subterfuge and sabotage mm. involved i'm stroking my By, beard you are just like the mysterious commander akari who seems to have his dirty fingers in, oh, in all kinds of things wait i need to i'm going to do this nobody can see but this is what commander akari does all the time oh wait he has his glasses like that and then he pushes them the back up nose. to the top of his nose like that. And it's like, oh, what's yeah. he doing? He's got his white gloves. I don't have any white gloves. Next episode, I'll have some white gloves. And then he okay, great. then he pushes his glasses up to the, the top. Those like, oh. look remarkably like the Commander Akari glasses, actually. Well, that's because They're I'm going very... to turn. That's because I want to turn my son into a giant robot fighter pilot and have him okay. defeat defeat aliens. For, uh, You've currently got quite a nice like goatee, thick goatee thing going on. So what you're gonna have to grow up the rest of your jawline and then get rid of the tash. Okay. And then you'll be more like Commander Akari. All right, I'll work on it. I'll also have to become Japanese. I reckon I can manage it. I don't think that's as that's as important as the rest of it. Okay, fine. <laughs> cosplay. I'll cosplay for the next episode. I was just thinking, actually, cosplay. Yeah, yeah. you can cosplay as uh, as Asuka, who turns up in the next episode. Asuka arrives in Japan. If I was going to cosplay as anyone based on the, you know, sort of the, the body shape and and hair and everything, I'd have to be Masato, really. I'd just have to shave and put, wear some, <laughs> what wear about, some short I, shorts. You could do, you could do uh, the character of, uh, of oh, Roji, Roji, who appears in Asuka Arrives in Japan as well. Yeah, Kaji. Yeah. Yes. But then we're, we're going to get onto it, but I fucking hate that guy. Okay, and great. That, that episode really, episode eight really annoyed me. Was it because I had made you watch the King Kong versus Godzilla trailer, and then you watched this <laughs> and realised that Godzilla versus King Kong is the episode Asuka arrives in Japan? Basically, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's because I'm invested in the show now, right? And I'm invested in the characters, and mm-hmm. there isn't a character up uh, include up to and including episode seven that I dislike. <laughs> and then bam, two. And then of bam. Them. Episode eight, two really annoying, very disruptive characters show up. Yes. Who are just dicks. And like the sort of personalities that I absolutely loathe. And because I'm invested, I fucking hate them. And I can't, I couldn't initially appreciate them as what they are, which is disruptive forces that are just mm. there to, to mm-hmm. sort of um, be distractions and um, problems for our main our main characters to, yes. to work with and work around and, and everything. So, yeah, Ka- Kaji, thankfully, even though he's a sleaze and he's a douche, and but then he's tall and has a ponytail. So, yeah, you're right. If I just shaved my beard and tied a, butt, a ponytail in, I'd look like him, which is sad. Um, <laughs> but then As- Asuka is just, just the brattiest, shittiest most spoiled little shitbag teenager you could possibly imagine and, and I want every time she says anything I want everyone 
around her to tell her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but they they don't, and that's that's annoying. I would say with with Asuka, this is a character that you will learn to appreciate, and that is it's about at this point you know because i said before we were talking about uh, uh our previous episode i said i keep feeling like because i've seen it before i want to keep just like prodding you right to like because i'm listening to what you're saying and you're like so close to taking the next step into like it feels like um it feels like you've got this these ideas of consciousness right and you're at the doorway of consciousness and you're about to open the doorway and step through but you don't quite have all the information you need to open the door yet and <laughs> right. so i keep feeling like if i just nudge him through the door a little bit right you'll you'll put the puzzle together with and I like asuka is one of those characters um one of the thoughts that i had actually watching these episodes again was was previously we said um this the show has the appearance of being a traditional anime whilst hiding the fact that it's actually something much more um and we said the show's not really about giant robot fights even though there's a bunch of giant robot fights but these episodes that we watched 6 to 10 i felt this is the most traditional anime that the show actually gets where it really focuses a lot on there are some giant aliens and there are some robots and the robots have to fight the aliens and the children are children and they pilot it and they do all the traditional anime stuff and the themes kind of move to the wayside for a little bit and it feels like episodes one to five set up all of the themes and the ideas then episodes six to ten go right we've given you the groundwork on the thematic relevance to think about while you're thinking about it let's fight some giant aliens and then once they've done that for five or six episodes, they're going to go back to the, you know, they're kind of, they're going it one way or the other. And while I was watching episode seven, I thought, oh, the end of episode seven, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to again. I thought, if you just finished watching the anime here, you'd have the happy ending that you wanted. And when we come, we get back to episode seven. I want to talk about that more, but I, I didn't want to forget about it later. I didn't want to forget uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then not bring it up. So episode eight, as you're saying, introduces uh, Asuka and do we want to call him Raiji or uh, Ryuji or do you want to call him Kaji? I think I've been calling him Kaji. I think right, that's his let's, first let's, name. Yeah, let's, yeah let's, go with, let's go with Kaji then. Okay. Um, then episode nine a mind-matching moment. This is, again, another Asuka Shinji episode that I think's got some really uh, awesome moments in it, to steal a word from from the title. What did you think of this episode? Yeah, that one, um, it was a a welcome balm after episode eight where I was kind of going, oh, fuck, why have they... No, I hate this, I hate this. So, and then episode nine, it kind of brings the the relevance and the importance of Asuka I'm going to try and use Japanese pronunciations Asuka um, Asuka into into uh, the story a little bit more and I did start to appreciate that the that um, I think part of the reason that I hate her so much is because I I can very I can empathise quite strongly with Shinji yes and um, she seems like the exact um archetype of person that i would hate to be forced to be into a space with and even though shinji 
kind of doesn't show a great deal of discomfort. Like he's obviously uncomfortable and he obviously is not quite sure what to do with this person, but he kind of goes along with it and he's kind of turned into this kind of um, kind of peaceful, like everything will work out in the end kind of vibe. Where in episode nine, when um, Asuka and Shinji fight the new angel that uh, they get their shit kicked out of by... It's one that gets split in two. Yeah. Um, the 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 government guys managed to like sort of uh, put this angel out of commission for for like six days, I think it is, so that um, Shinji and Asuka have time to learn how to work together. Because the only way they can defeat this thing is if they are perfectly synchronized. And I thought that was quite that episode was quite quite good. I enjoyed the development of of their story and everything. Um, I still hated her. Everything yeah. about her, yeah. But there's um, and she she has she moves in with uh, Masato and Shinji so that Masato can oversee their training and learning how to work together. And there's a sequence that I really liked there where, um, she's got them on kind of like a dance dance revolution kind of game in the mm. living room with like a, a dance pad on the floor with lights that they have to press in sequence and whatever, and they need to they need to work perfectly synchronously synchronously, and it's not going well. They're not they're not gelling at all. And then Ray and Shinji's two mates from school, Ida and Suzuhara, show up at the door, along with another girl from school, because they've, they've both been off school uh, for a while. And uh, so they, they come in and they're kind of watching as Shinji and Asuka try to do this thing and they're failing miserably. And um, I think uh, Asuka's ready to quit. She's like, he's a stupid little boy. He's never going to figure this out. He's shit. I hate him. I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. I quit. So Misato said, "All right, Ray, why don't you give it a go?" And and uh, like I said, Ray's relationship with Shinji has been so much more sort of gentle and smooth. Like it's it's been much more like watching water mm-hmm. than and as opposed to Asako, who's like just very jagged and sharp and abrasive. Um, so then Shinji and Ray have a go on this dance machine together, and they do it perfectly in sync. Which I thought was really sweet, and I was kind of like, "Yes, this is the this is what I want to happen. This is where I want these relationships to go. I want Shinji and Ray seem so kindred in a way in ways that I kind of touched on in the last episode, in terms of mental and emotional damage. And I feel like they really need each other. Whereas Asuka is this kind of like I said, disruptive force who just gets in the way of making me happy. <laughs> Dom, she's getting in the way. So when when they show that they can work very well together, it kind of sets a fire underneath Asuka and she's like, well, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to be the best. I've got to be the best. And yeah, in the end, her stubbornness and arrogance helps them succeed. But she hasn't, she, so far she hasn't learned not to be a <laughs> That is definitely the, um, the opinion you are supposed to hold about Asuka when she arrives. Because you've spent seven episodes getting to know all of the other characters within this world. And episode seven ends with a synthesis of Shinji and Rei. And this, the, they have broken down each other's barriers to some extent. Right? They're, they're, it's not like they're talking and hanging out. But they've got through to each other. And we can see that they have a connection when they can do the Dance Dance Revolution thing uh, in a synchronised way. Whereas, like you're saying, um, 
episode eight is like throwing a Molotov cocktail into the mix, right? We've got, we've got this world, they're almost a well-oiled machine by this point. By episode seven, they're like taking down angels, they've been sniper rifles, you know, they're, they're stealing power from all of Japan to, to you know, like they're, they're, yeah, they're doing some badass stuff. And then just when you think, okay, I reckon, that, you know, this is looking up, um, bam, in comes, in comes fire. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Ray, who is a very passive person, her hair is blue, and Asuka, who is a very literally fiery person, her hair is orange, and she wears red, and her, you know, like, this, this is a deliberate um, number, like, uh, choices, I think. And she is almost beat for beat the same as Misty in Pokemon. Yeah, I'd say so, but then times ten. I'd say the the uh, yes, yeah, the earlier episodes of Pokemon where it's like um, Ash and Pikachu they've just started to learn to work together, and then oh, in comes Misty. Oh, what are you doing with your Pokemon? Ash? <laughs> that's 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 my impression of Misty. But then this <laughs> Misty herself goes from being that character. And then evolves over the course of their journey because Ash doesn't change, but Misty and Brock do. And then that's why they leave Ash and go and do their own thing. And then Ash gets new people in because Ash, Ash doesn't change. Yeah, right? but Misty is, is sympathetic at the beginning still. Like she's still, she's, she is arrogant and she and um, she's curt and kind of sharp and with, with yes. Ash. But ultimately she's not a bad person like she still no, like but... cares for pokemon and she wants to help people whereas so far asuka is just her only goal seems to be everyone look at me look how great i am i'm better than everyone but that's why we get to then to episode 10 the magma diver right where uh, asuka is tasked with diving into a volcano to get you know classically <laughs> because uh, one of these uh angels is lying dormant i guess it's lying dormant inside this volcano it's an embryo isn't it yes yeah they, they found the embryo with the angel inside a volcano and they're gonna go and get it before it um before it's you know evolves before it digivolves um so they send um they send asuka into the volcano in a big uh, a big version of her suit and we get a lot of really nice character moments in that episode and the most important one i think comes at the end um, as as to what we're saying about these characters, where um, Asuka is is with uh, why have I forgotten her name? The the woman they live with, Masato. Masato, thank you. Yeah, she's with Masato. They're they're at the hot springs, and um, Asuka says to her, "You know all about my past, don't you?" And Masato says, "It's my job to know everything about you." And Asuka says, "Whatever happened, don't worry about it. Right? That like that's the past. But then that's it. Right? That's what we're left with. We're left with you know all about the bad things that have happened to me. Yes, I do. It's my job. Don't factor those bad things in when you're commanding me because I'm over it." Oh, I thought now, that. I thought Masato said that. No, I Masato oh. was like, "Don't worry, it's all in the past." No, see, I, I, when I heard, I was listening to the voice actors. I think, I think it was Asuka. I mean, you might be right. Either way, oh, you might be I would right. Say, I would say, yeah, either way, either way, it's, it's, it's important, right? Because 
all of those characteristics, the the ones that are so um, not not aggressive. Aggressive is not the right word. Um, those the those characteristics are really great against you as the viewer, and you're like, oh, for God's sake, she's so she's so childish. She's so like n- kind of manipulative, but she's so confusing, and all of these things that Shinji is going through are almost we're like, ah, there's more going on here with that line, right? It's not just that, um, oh, Shinji, you're such a baby. Why can't you blah, 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 blah. It's, this is the, you know, much like the, the Evas are the the shield they put around the pilots. This attitude is the suit that she has put around herself to to protect her from whatever it was that's kind of happened in the past. And that's why I was saying about these these episodes feeling like the most anime of the episode, true, like anime in, in air quotes. Um, because in you know the next after we finish these ones, in the next ones it's gonna be like now let's deep dive into Asuka's psychology and just what mm-hmm. was it that you know and it's like this 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 kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, I found her an insufferable character to begin with, and yeah. now rewatching, I'm like ah, I see, I see. You know where it's, where it's going. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way because now it seems like it's quite a, it's quite a fair representation of the spectrum of how people deal with, not only adolescence. Like there are there are some great shows out there now that um, handle adolescence and puberty and and all the stuff that teenagers go through in a much more honest and, um, uh, true, uh, much more honest and funny way. Like um, on Netflix, there's the animated series Big Mouth, which I think <laughs> exaggerates all of the the trials and tribulations of of puberty and being a teenager in a very over the top way, but it's very funny. And I think I was, I've recommended to you the series Next uh, Sex Education on Netflix, yeah, which is yeah. an English based thing, which I think is really brilliant at at doing a similar thing, not not blowing everything up to um to an over-exaggerated thing that you wish you can do in an animation, but it's live action. So, but the characters are all so well-rounded and they all are teenagers and they all going through stuff and they've all, they all carry baggage, but that doesn't make them all the same. In fact, they're all very different from each other because they're all so in flux at this time in their mm-hmm. lives. And, and there's probably a fair amount to be said about these, these teen characters in, in um, new Dom Genesis, Genesis, Dave Evangelion as well. <laughs> yeah. I think we should leave the actual daddy issues here excuse me until later on in the episode because gendo akari doesn't turn up that much in these episodes i think he's got two major bits in these in these episodes that i want to come back to um later on but i think we're we're on a good topic at the moment which is um asuka and the further development of those themes of puberty that we were talking about in the previous episodes. We're back to sex, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, which you, you can't really avoid in, when you're talking about this. But I think Asuka is such an interesting character because up to this point, we've only seen really puberty and the development of sexuality through the eyes of Shinji. And this is something that we spoke about in the last episode. We were saying about like, um, not not gratuitous, but the deliberately sexual angles that the the camera would take to 
display Shinji's budding sexuality, right? And he's turning from a boy into a man, and he's starting to see women in a new way. Um, and this is, you know, those hormones are everywhere, and we can see that development on the screen. But Ray, as we said in the last episode, doesn't show any of that. Um, and I think I even said in the previous episode, she lies on the floor like a corpse when she's naked. Like, she's like vacant of this pubescent development. And for Masato, it's like, she's an adult. And Shinji's a boy. And he might be lusting after an adult in a certain way. But, you know, he's a boy. And that's kind of it. You know, like, she doesn't have any interest in him in, because he's a child. It's, she has more of a, not maternalistic, but it's almost like she's an older sister, right? Whereas... Yeah, he, I, I yeah, get that kind of vibe. Yeah, whereas he has this, oh my gosh, she has breasts kind of thing. But then we get the introduction of Asuka, this female protagonist, and her sexuality is, like, fucking everywhere in these episodes. I was really kind of taken aback. Not not just in her sexual desires, but in the the ways that she manipulates Shinji and the way that her uh, her de- her development through puberty is just oh, it, it's like masterful, especially um, in mind match moment, the one where they have to learn to work together. Um, it's just I I was like this time I was like oh my god this is this is great. But what did you... You know, we would just be speaking about Asuka. Did you notice anything about her, uh, like, as a as a, a girl growing into a woman, that kind of transition that she's going through? Yeah, I, th- I think it happens a lot in the episode 10, where I think the episode opens with her going shopping with Kaji, who presumably is her mentor or guardian or something. I'm not quite sure what their relationship yeah, so, is. Yeah, so just to, to, to briefly explain that, Asuka is half Japanese, half German. Yeah. Right. So, which is why whenever she's in the school, everyone's like, oh my God, it's the foreigner. She speaks perfect Japanese. Her Japanese is so perfect that she reprograms her robot to work in Japanese so that Shinji can understand because he can't understand German, right? So she's supposed yeah. to be like incredibly intelligent, but she's half Japanese, half German. And she operates Ava Unit 2, I think, yeah. the, third, the third robot. Um, and that was based in Germany. So uh, Kaji was over in Germany, I guess, as a representative of Nerve working with them um, on on the German Ava. But then they have now had to bring it back to Japan. So Kaji has come back to Japan after like an eight year absence because he was with Masato. But then he had to leave and their relationship was very sexual, which we'll definitely come back to. Um, But now he's come back to Japan, bringing Asuka along with him. And yeah, she has some feelings about him. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a weird there's a weird vibe there that we I kind of mentioned in um, the last episode that there was a a, uh, a suspicion of that with Ray and and Gendo Akari, but it, it hasn't gone very it hasn't gone anywhere to really make you too suspicious at this point. But with her, she's very interested in him being around to witness her mm-hmm. in both her her actions and in her 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 performance in missions, but also just to see her at her best like in in the episode 10 where they have to go to the volcano her um i can't remember what they call it but the suits they wear while they're inside the evas she uh, they <laughs> yeah. give her a, they give her a new one that's like um flame retardant or heat resistant and um she's like it doesn't look any different and 
uh, Ritsuko says, well, press that button on your wrist and it sort of inflates full of like foam, yeah. I suppose. She looks like the and Michelin man or, she uh, looks, yeah. or like the end of Ghostbusters, the Stay Puft Yeah, or like um, yeah. Augustus Gloop yeah. from Willy <laughs> yeah. Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. And she's mortified that she looks fat and she refuses to go for a second. She refuses to even leave on the mission because she can't be seen in public looking like this. And then uh, sort of Kaji's overlooking from a from a, a walkway up high in the in the Eva um, Bay or whatever you want to call it, and she darts away. She won't can't she can't stand the thought of him seeing her looking fat as if that's the most disgusting thing. And her Eva robot is also encased in a big puffy suit to protect it and the volcano from the radiation and the heat and stuff. And she's again mortified that her robot looks ugly. And see why yeah see why I don't like her. She's. <laughs> No, but see, but, that's, um, that's that's the thing, right? Is is that it's in this show? It's not like she wants to go and paint her robot in different flower colors to make it more girly, right? It's she the beginning. I think it's the beginning of that episode. She deliberately goes swimsuit shopping with Kaji. That's this what, is what you, what you about yeah, it. yeah, no, yeah that's what you that's what you were getting onto yeah and yeah, yeah. she hasn't gone with Masato because Masato can help her as another woman give her advice about you know what swimsuits she's gone to try on swimsuits with him so she can display her womanhood to him in in the hopes that he will take an interest in her right and then by the end of it she has to wear these big puffy things and all of her dreams of you know some kind of adult seduction um are ruined because she has to look like augustus gloop like you're saying <laughs> yeah. and and she it's... only gets to show it off in the end to, to shinji and yeah, the swimming pool yeah. which she does and revels in and like yes. you said is tries to and is very manipulative yeah. of him she i think she even talks about her boobs in front of him yeah 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 all right let's let's get on to that because i think it's uh that that manipulation is a really really interesting and it's super displays um how she is both becoming a woman but is still a child and the perfect display of that is is in episode nine mind match moment where after a whole day of learning to work together they finally got something going between them there's a relationship that's building there and then that night she says they've been sleeping in the same room together for as they've been learning to to work and she says tonight I'm sleeping in the other room and don't you come out, you know, don't you come in here or I'll kick the shit out of you. That kind of thing. Right. Don't you try and perv on me. She's always calling him a perv, which is fair enough because he is quite often perving on her. But um, that night she kind of sleepwalks into the room and lies down back next to him. And Shinji has this moment, this again, very teenage kind of like, if it was in a modern TV show now, it would be like, oh my God, this guy is such a creep. But that's not what the show is trying to get across, right? She is she has entered the room. She's lying next to him again. Um, like subconsciously, she wants to be next to, to someone and he thinks it's her. Uh, she, sorry, he thinks that she wants to be next to him. And she's lying there breathing and her lips are very accentuated. And they're fa- like they're just inches away, and Shinji leans in to kiss her, and he's not sure what to do. Right, he, like he, those hormones are saying, "Go on, that kiss her, kiss her," and the the conscious inside of him is saying, "Don't do it." But he's kind of battling that, and then as he leans in, she whispers like, "Mum," or "Mummy," 
Oh, stop I think, babbling I think it, in her sleep for yeah, a mum. Yeah, for a and mom. tears fill, fill her eyes. And, yeah. yeah, and then he pulls back and then gets off of, because they're, they're Japanese, they're kind of sleeping on mattresses on the floor, but he like moves off to the side and sleeps on his own in the corner of the room because that, I think there's even a bit later on where he says, oh, she is still a kid. It's there, like he's, yeah, yeah he gives up the bed and he's, he's sort of huddled under his blanket on the hard floor mm-hmm. and... Um, I don't know. I can't remember if she keeps she keeps speaking in her sleep, but then off of that, Shinji says, "See, you're just a kid too." Yeah, you're just a kid like me, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is, oh my god, that's fucking character development, right? That's how you write characters. That's how you do characters, because there you have the desire for human contact, the budding development of sexuality. And then the crippling realisation that you are still ultimately children. And for Shinji, it's like he sees in Asuka someone with the confidence of Misato, this adult confidence. But it's now for him, the illusion is shattered, right? She is pretending to be an adult, even in her seduction of, uh, of Kaji. She's acting like she is an adult, but she's not. And that moment where she calls out, where she whispers for her mum, it's like the illusion is broken, right? She can pretend to have grown up all she wants, but ultimately she is still the the girl in her bed who's calling out for her mum. And um, it's it, it breaks the reality for Shinji, and then um, for for us looking at uh, looking at Asuka as well, right? It's, she's not super confident. She's not any like it's all a front. It's all an illusion, and it's this yeah. It's a shield to to protect her from whatever is whatever has happened to her in the past. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I'm wondering now. Um, it's a bit of an archetype, perhaps, in in some storytelling, particularly around like developing sexuality, where the characters, like in teen movies, the character who, especially in girls, who is most sexually frivolous or um, promiscuous tends to be the one with the most emotional damage because um, they've they've lost their innocence somehow, perhaps prematurely, because usually if their promiscuity stands out amongst a cast of teen characters, it's because they have developed faster than everybody else. And, yeah, I guess it's often used in extremes because it's, you know, an extra... Movies and TV are often extraordinary stories with extraordinary characters, so having sort of nuanced um, differences between the development in... In, in characters sometimes this gets lost in the in a mm. film or in a tv show so it's, it's often you see extreme versions of it and yeah so i think she might end up again this is a prediction from someone who hasn't seen the rest of it it might end up being that some of her damage unlike um unlike what i've what i've perceived so far with shinji and and with ray is some of her damage might be sexual in nature or at least um inappropriate perhaps mm. okay interesting we'll prediction see. Yeah, I I think but that, that, I think that depends on how how really deep this show goes. Yeah, I would like, say the like, show. Yeah, the show is gonna go that deep. Like okay. the, the, it's gonna get to the core of that. But it's interesting you bring up the the teen the teen uh, 
idea of it. Because again, like I was saying about like teen movies, it's things like American Pie that will often go into this stuff. And it's like, oh my God, she's the school slut. But actually she just like had sex with the guy one time and then he told everyone and then everyone, and then this, this image, you know, it's like a very two dimensional idea of, of how people develop, you know, like that. Mm, yeah. Whereas what, what we have here is, um, that this isn't like the the like American Pie or something where they're gonna lose their virginity at the end of it because they turned into adults. You know what I mean? Like, um, they they're not gonna get over magically over that in time for the third act, and then, um, they get to have their dance at prom night, and oh no, actually we've fallen out, but no, it's fine. Let's go fuck in the back of your mum's car, like that that kind of thing. Um, I think it is a really nuanced display of. Um, of development and again even from those characters like Shinji you know with looking at an older woman in Masato and going that's what I want and then seeing it in someone his own age but she's not there like she's she's not you know and in then in in Asuka's uh, lust after Kaiji it's not that she's like burning in the loins to have sex with someone it's that he offers the security and the maturity whereas when she sees shinji he's a he's a child right it's the difference between a man and a child and to begin with shinji thinks he's looking at two women but he realizes he's not right there there is there is a, a separation between them mm. and and asuka constantly refers to shinji as a boy as well she's always calling him a boy or you're not acting like a man start acting like a man yeah she keeps telling him to act like a man yeah, yeah and she's always tearing away at his masculinity in that way yeah yeah i was just gonna say like i'm not i'm not entirely convinced that that shinji has got to a place where he can lust yet i don't think he no yeah i don't, yes, think, he, yeah, he do, I don't yeah. think he knows what that is so i don't think yes. he looks at masato and goes cool blimey that looks yeah, nice not in the same way I, the other students at the school do definitely not yeah because again you, you have these other foil characters who show us the extreme end of of the scale with um suzuhara particularly the tracksuited um yeah. friend of of shinji's from school like he's all about girls and stuff and and then then the other the other boy ida is a bit more he i mean he enjoys the looking but that's he's not obsessed mm-hmm. he seems to be more really obsessed with the evas and and the angels really but um yeah so i, I don't think that I I think that Shinji is the most sexually conflicted of all of the young characters, so there are things happening and changing that he but he just doesn't understand what they are. Whereas, I think Ray is Ray is kind of emotionally um, severed. Something's happened there that that's completely removed her from the kind of normal adolescence, and. Asuka is yeah on that other end of the sexuality spectrum where she's overcompensating for something, whereas um, a bit like a bit like the character of Nick in Big Mouth, who's voiced by Nick Kroll, um, he hasn't reached this point that his peers have reached where sex or bodies or anything is of actually of any interest to him. He just finds it all embarrassing. So when he does see he sees people naked or people talking about crude things, he's he's blushes. He doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, and if we can jump all the way to the very end of episode 10, mm-hmm. where um, he's in rescued the in the hot springs. Yeah, after he's rescued Asuka from the volcano, they're sort of rewarded with the hot springs and this divided split between the men and the women. So 
Shinji's having like he I think he's enjoying this hot spring and he says I've never thought I could enjoy a bath this much like he's finally actually enjoying something which I think is the first time we've seen him do that since the beginning of the show and for some reason Pen Pen gets delivered to the hot <laughs> yeah. spring so that he can <laughs> so that he can join Shinji in the hot spring and Pen Pen's loving it too um and the the male and female side of this hot spring is divided just by a big bamboo or sort of wooden wall and um uh, uh on the other side of the wall is Asuka and Misato and they're sort of chatting and they call over to Shinji, can we use your shower gel or body spray, uh, body wash, whatever, because we've run out. So he chucks it over and we, we see when he stands up that he's naked. And so you would assume on the other side they're naked too. And then they start talking about like, oh, you've got such soft skin. Oh, don't touch me there. I'm ticklish. And he again, he starts to blush and he's like, oh, uh, this is weird. And as the audience, you're kind of going, this is a bit weird. And then... It it turns out that he gets a boner. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. But importantly, we, we don't, don't see, see the, the boner. <laughs> but I tell you, who does see the boner and will be scarred for the rest of its tiny life is Pen Pen. <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think Pen Pen is short number. for penis? For penis, 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 penis. <laughs> penis, penis. Um, yeah. So, if anything, this is the first. This could be the first sexual moment of Shinji's life. The first one where he's where, actually had an erection. Yeah, this could right, be where his it's first... It's not just confusing, it's had an actual bodily response. It's had, a, it's had a response where he's heard what sounds like two naked women having... being in close proximity and touching each other. Yes. He's like, oh, hello, something's stirring. Yeah. And, but again, it's his first one, so he's not like gone, bam, I'm a man now. He, he again gets really embarrassed and hides under the water even though he's on his own. Um, so... But what brilliant writing that is to have it in an episode where they're constantly talking about thermal expansion. Thermal expansion, They they reference that in his bit where he's like, oh, I guess I've had a bit of thermal expansion. But again, that's what I mean, right? That's that, that tying in of themes and ideas where they've... The whole episode is Asuka going down into something that erupts. Right, like that's the whole episode. And what is at the bottom? She she goes down into something that erupts, and at the bottom there is an embryo, right? The creation of you. Yeah. yeah. And Ooh. it's like this that's that show, right? That's that's that um that symbolism that then at the end turns into an erection joke. <laughs> and and uh, that... yeah, you're you're right, like Sue said earlier about how this batch of episodes is a bit more in the realm of standard anime of action and robots and aliens and stuff. Um, and yeah, this is, there is that six, seven, eight, nine, which kind of is just that stuff happens to the characters and they have to achieve something in order to succeed, which is, you know, kind of standard storytelling stuff. But then it gets to episode 10 and you're right. It starts dropping the theme, the themes back in and presumably from, well, you've already said from here on out, they kind of, dedicate a bit more time to those kind of things yeah well, i think fun. i'm looking forward to yeah it. i think this has been a good discussion about puberty and, and sex and this will definitely be something we come back to in future episodes so let's go on to little bits of plot that we found interesting because this will i think feed into our, our overview of of uh, of the daddy issues itself so in episode six we have the the giant pyramid uh floating diamond angel it's uh, it try it almost headshotted you know almost KO'd Shinji at the end of, of episode five. 
then we get a collaboration between him and Ray in the next one where um, they, they build the giant sniper rifle that we were talking about. They suck all of the power out of Japan. That's how strong this thing is. They have to you know, redirect all of the power in Japan to this weapon so that they can, um, they can try and shoot it. Um, Shinji misses his first shot and then uh, the angel is like on top. Well, he doesn't miss actually does he is it the him and the angel shoot at the same time and they're like the polarity of their two attacks kind of warp each other so it's like like the bullets have flown too close to each other and the force has thrown them off and so it causes these giant explosions but then um the angel shoots again while shinji needs to reload all the power has to be sucked from japan again for the second shot um uh but he's under attack, and so Ray jumps in front, almost sacrificing herself. She's got like a big shield, a big metal thing to yeah. It's yeah. made of some some like some anime, some anime kind of yeah. thing that yeah that that for some reason they know will only be able to withstand the 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 force of this angel's laser beam for about seven seconds or whatever. Yes, so and, it, but yes, yeah, it just by it will only buy. Um, Shinji that much time in order to get another shot away. Yeah, which which he does, but um, the most important moment of that episode isn't when they actually fight again, because this is Neo Genesis Evangelion. The most important moment isn't when they fight, it's before they fight. And the two of them are sat next to their Avas, getting ready, looking at the moon, because the moon is the number one symbol in, in this show. And they're sat there at, at nighttime with the moon in the sky next to their robots, talking about like the fear of death and and this kind of thing, right? And what what does it mean? Um, why I think this is when they have the conversation. Why do you pilot the the Ava, right? And again, it's a really nice dive into the psychology of these characters. Um, and Ray is again like um, because this is all I have, right? All I have is is piloting. Uh, you know, is is doing this, which is really interesting because since the beginning of the show, this is the first time we've fucking seen her do it. Successfully, yeah. Yeah. So if this is all she has and all she's done has been injured by it so far, um, what what's going on? What's going again? I'm saying that as if I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's kind of what's so great about about the episode is that characterization right this is all she has but so far she hasn't done anything right so how how empty is like we saw her apartment in episode five and there's just nothing there the only thing that was there was blood from from where she was wounded right and the 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 shattered glasses from from gendo akari so how empty is her life that the only thing she has is piloting a robot that she can't pilot and then sacrificing herself to save Shinji. Yeah, but it, it seems like she's... I don't really remember a lot of that, and I'm annoyed because I know that the very end of episode six, after Rei has kind of put herself on the line to save Shinji, and Shinji like gets out of his Eva and runs up to hers and gets her out. And he, um, they he have opens, a really lovely moment. He opens the capsule the same way his father did. Yeah. Right. He he busts it. He's really struggling. You can see he's not quite strong enough to do it, but it's just sheer force of will. Again, mm. that same burning heat that his father opened it with in, in the previous episode. So when she looks up, 
she doesn't just see him, but she sees his father within him as well in that moment. Yeah, and she looks surprised that he's taken, like that he cares. Mm. She's kind of expecting, she has this kind of air like she's always expecting to die. Yeah. And she doesn't really care. Or maybe she does care, but she's resigned to it. So that when she she doesn't hesitate to get in the way of this laser to protect um, Shinji, and then when he opens up her capsule, she kind of, yeah, almost looks like she's surprised she's alive even. And that then that he is yeah he's visibly upset that she could be hurt i think he and and he says something really lovely that i've forgotten and he starts to cry and she's looking at him like oh like this this is i'm I'm experiencing some new feeling here yeah well i think he's crying because she's alive and he thought that she had just died so he's she says to him why are you crying and he says like don't think that this is all that you have in your life right this isn't everything and she says, I don't know what to do with that. And Shinji says something like, you can try smiling. The first thing you could do is smile. And yeah. yeah. She, does she do it? She does. Yeah, and that's her first smile. It's Ray's, Ray's first smile at the end of that episode. Yeah. It's when her, her demeanour cracks and she actually, yeah. Yeah, she smiles. Which is, again, just the strength of those character moments there over the course of 20 minutes. And and then when we get to that later episode where they're on the Dance Dance Revolution pad, we believe that they can work in synchronicity because they've had these character moments together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's really strong. So episode seven, um, The Works of Man, again, it's super anime. This one is more of a Masato episode. This is kind of like the Masato episode before Kaji arrives and um, her character becomes more... Uh, more divided as well. This is her final confident moment. Because as we said before, she has the split personality between the let's get drunk, I'm going to start every day with a beer, and then her complete dedication to her job and uh, to being a military officer. And this is the one that really puts that into context, right? Like she starts the episode being uh, being drunk at the beginning and Shinji is like oh my god you're so embarrassing like he goes to school with his friends like oh my god she's so embarrassing and they're all lusting after her then halfway through the episode she is willing to die to kill herself um, in order to save everybody and Shinji's like oh my god you're amazing and then by the end of episode she's drinking again and Shinji's embarrassed and there's a really nice character moment at the end where his his friends are like you're so lucky that she she is willing for you to see her mess and her drinking and because it means she's not hiding from you, right? She trusts you, your family. And that's a, a great, again, just character moments up the wazoo with this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you had that bit earlier on in that episode where, again, they're all lusting after her and, he, and Shinji's like, yeah, well, you don't have to see her drinking <laughs> in the morning and making yeah. the apartment a mess and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, yeah, so it's nice that it comes full circle and he... He gets um, he felt he's initially complaining about her faults, then is bears witness her strengths and what makes her special, and you know and has it all put together by his friends. You go well, there you go. You yeah. you know more of her than she will show to anyone because you're and that's the key word. They say it's because you're family. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, that's that like kind of sisterly thing again that we were yeah we were talking yeah. about earlier on. Yeah, yeah, again. Great Does that mean character. Pen Pen's his brother? <laughs> Yes, I would say so. <laughs> hey, Pen Pen saw his first boner. So don't you, <laughs> don't you 
that's an important relationship for a man to have with a penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could we get that on a t-shirt? That penguin saw his first boner. That's an important relationship to have with a penguin. That could be on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll get it. I'll get it drawn up. Or it could so, just be. I'm designing it in my head now. It's like foreground is is um, Shinji's back. Like he's clearly naked, but you don't like see his butt. It's like quite close up. So sort of shoulder blades down to lower back. With with and in then, the water. In the water, yeah. And then you have Pen Pen to the side, looking at directly where his mm-hmm. winky would be with that 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 anime shocked face yeah and the, then, like, the, the orange exclamation mark over his yeah, head or whatever. and his eyes are like oh all bugged out and the <laughs> caption is just penguin's first boner that's it yeah yeah no no it hasn't been that penguin saw your first boner <laughs> <laughs> yeah that penguin saw your first this, this can be like one of our first bits of uh awful commentary merch yes yes daddy issues <laughs> daddy issues that penguin saw your first boner that's the t-shirt <laughs> I don't have a red bubble, but I'm going to get on it. Okay. I have no idea what we were just talking about. Oh, the works of man. So, this the, the story of this episode isn't isn't so important to the overall arc. There's another company who are not Nerve, the Evangelion guys. They've built a giant robot, but this one doesn't have a pilot, right? It's just a giant robot. And they want to use it to try and fight the um, to fight the angels. And everyone's like, this is irresponsible. Like, the chief scientist at Nerve is like, you're going to cause a nuclear reactor to explode and kill everybody. Uh, and uh, Masato was like, you've rushed into this. You don't know what you're doing. Um, these scientists are very confident. But just after they, they test their giant robot for the first time, it seemingly goes berserk for no apparent reason. It goes on a rampage. And then Masato was like, you fucking nerds have no idea the power that you have unleashed. And I am going to have to solve this now. Um, and so she gets Shinji. They go down in the robot. They, they go into to solve the problem. But when she goes into the nuclear reactor, she finds that it's not just that it's gone wrong, but that it's been sabotaged. Dun, and, dun, dun. Yeah. And what, what do we learn at, at that moment, Dave? Um, I, I'm not sure if it's at that moment that we learned this, but by the end of the episode, we learned that Commander Ikari of Nerve and Ritsuko, the like chief scientist of Nerve, planned this. Mm. Yes, they have sabotaged the other, the other ship or the other robots. But yeah, but Masato, who was you know chief of operations for Nerve, had no, that has is out of the loop. Yeah, but she knows by the end, right? She's she's kind of pieced yeah. it together, even if she hasn't been told. She knows what's what's going on. Um, but Masato doesn't tell anybody. Like she knows that there's the sabotage of foot, but um, that's kind of like a plot line for another day. That's kind of it's kind of it's just a good showcase for like another anime episode. Um, Shinji's in a big robot fighting another robot. Um, the, the the day is saved. That's pretty much it. All you have to know: Masato's character is developed. Um, Gendo Akari is up to some bad shit. He's not just a bad dad; he's also a bad dude. Um, and because those robots would be fucking great, you wouldn't need to be sacrificing fourteen-year-old children anymore. Like you'd have actual robots. Like it's a bit like make... the plot of Iron Man Two. And yes. the guys who make this this robot are like Justin Hammer, who go mm-hmm. in all all, uh, <laughs> all guns blazing. But then I suppose Justin Hammer didn't fail because. Tony Stark sabotaged all of his git. He just uh, we'll made work... friends with the wrong people. Yeah, we'll work on this thesis and come back to it, because you're right. It is kind of like Iron Man 2. <laughs> um, 
Um, so episode eight is a Sukura Rise in Japan, which we've spoken about a little bit before. Um, again, moving away from the character of Asuka, the, the main plot is that um, uh, there's a United Nations like uh, fleet of ships, like uh, aircraft carriers, and they're transporting Asuka and Evangelion Unit Two from Germany, I guess, um, all the way to Japan. Um, and they're attacked by an angel on the way. They're carrying the they're carrying the Eva. They're carrying the pilot. So Shinji gets in with the Suka and they fight the angel again. Anime stuff. They're jumping from one aircraft carrier to another. It's Godzilla versus King Kong. The trailer. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't get how the the aircraft carriers stay afloat when an enormous robot is jumping from each one like stepping stones. Anime. Well, a, maybe a bit of a stretch. No, no. And day. why? <laughs> Because like the yeah the fleet is 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 traveling with with the the new Evangelion and Asuka, and but then Masato, they fly out to it on in a helicopter. And Masato goes, "Hey Shinji, bring your mates from school. They'll love it." So why 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 did, why are they there? I think she just says like it'll, it'll be a good field trip, right? That's pretty much it, right? It's just an excuse for them to be there, really, because I suppose. A, an angel isn't supposed to appear. Right? No, they're no. expecting that they'll go there. They'll see the fleet. It's like, um, I'm, I would, if I was the creators, I would do. Masato has finally realized that Shinji is making friends, right? And she is encouraging his friendships by, you know, bringing them in and, and kind of doing this stuff. And then yeah, because they're going to geek out from. about Shinji's life, yeah, really, and, yeah. that, and that's going to hopefully boost his ego and his confidence a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Ooh, the, let's the, have really... a thought quick. Okay, go on. That, do you remember I was giving you my theory about what the Evangelions really are? Uh-oh. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, well, prediction number two. No, I just... <laughs> Mark it in the time code. Number two. Um, that penguin saw your first number two. <laughs> <laughs> that penguin's seen so much. <laughs> he's fucked up. Doesn't care about all these teenagers. He's he's damaged. We need to get him a penguin robot Ava suit. <laughs> um, yeah, because... There isn't meant to be uh, an angel attack, supposedly, no. but yet an Ava, uh, sorry, an angel just happens to show up, to presumably is trying to attack the un- the new unit zero two Evangelion, but why? Like how? And is it how much of a coincidence is it that Shinji and Masato are there? And yeah, it seems weird that as well they haven't really explained why the angels keep attacking Tokyo three. There's some, there's there's some shit afoot, and you're can twirling you... your mustache. Like, I was gonna say, can you see me twirling like a, my mustache? Yeah, you look like a a vaudeville villain. Well, that's exactly what I was going for. Or Waluigi. I was going to go Dick Dastardly. I take I take that. As Dick, well. no, yeah, that's it. You're right, yeah. Dick Dastardly. That's the daddy issues moment that we get to with this episode. Because they're they're fighting the giant angel. The angel is uh, is attacking the fleet, and Masato says, "Why is the angel attacking us? Is it because of Evangelion Unit Number Two? Right? Is it because the robot is here that they're attacking?" But then we see uh, Kaiji. This is her first interaction with Kaiji again after eight years, and she's like, "Oh, you son of a bitch, Kaiji! You know we we used to date eight years ago, her and um, him and Masato, and now you're here again. It's the first time I've seen you. You're a sleazy son of a bitch." Um, and then Kaiji, once the angel attacks, gets on the phone, and says, "There's an angel attacking. What should I do with the the package, basically?" And we don't know what the package is, right? He's like, "What should I do with it?" 
and the voice on the other end of the phone says to him, if it's not safe, get it out of there. So then we see Kaiji goes and everyone's so happy to see him. He gets in a fighter plane. And they're like, oh my God, Kaiji's going to save all of us. And then he just says, I've got something else to do. See you later. And he, <laughs> gets, in the, he gets in the plane and flies off. <laughs> right? And then we see at the end of the episode, um, he, he goes to Gendo Akari at the end of the episode and delivers him the package. And they open up the package and inside is an embryo, much like the embryo from the, the volcano episode, but it's a much smaller one. And um, Kaiji is like, is this worth it? And Gendo says, this is Adam, the first human. And he, said, and he says, like, this is necessary for the human instrumentality project, which we've heard a few times, but we've got no idea what it is. So I would say keep that shit in mind as, as we go forward. Because, yeah, what was the angel after? Masato kind of mixes it up by saying, is it the Ava? Because she doesn't know that Kaiji has this other thing. Right. Oh right! It's so, like it's like the T Rex is showing up to get their baby in Lost World. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go- yes. It's not okay. like Iron Man two. It's like Jurassic, like Jurassic Park two. Park 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a two. Yes, I would. I would say that's that's the thing to go with with that episode. Yeah. Wait, didn't they? Oh, and they copied that in Jurassic Park three with the pterodactyls too. Wow. With fucking. Alessandro Nivola nicks their eggs and his puts them in his lucky pack. No, that's not it's Velociraptors, not pterodactyls. Fuck yes. Hell. Yes. Get my you're, dinos you're, mixed up. No, you're right. That does happen. And they're all stealing it from Evangelion. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man too as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, that's another important daddy issues moment, right? Is in um in episode seven, The Works of Man, we realise that Gendo is Gendo Wakari is sabotaging other companies' giant robots to make his son fight to the death against aliens. And then we learn in the next episode that Akari is carrying the embryo of the first human for some fucking reason <laughs> to conduct some nefarious plan uh, called the Human Instrumentality Project. And we don't know what it is, but he was willing to let his son die on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean in order to get it back. Yeah. And presumably he wanted um, the the autonomous robot in episode seven, the jet alone, to blow up as well. Like he mm-hmm. he didn't predict that Masato was going to go, Shinji, I'm getting getting your Eva. I'm going to ride on the back, and then you're going to put me inside the thing, and then I'm going to stop it from exploding. Presumably, Ikari would have been quite happy if the nuclear reactor exploded, <laughs> killed everyone, including his son and the Eva and Masato, and yeah. it's like so just so he could be like, see UN, I told you, yeah. Yeah, give me I, more my money. My way is right. Yeah, give me yeah. more money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, episode nine, mind matching moment. We've spoken about this episode a lot. Um, can we just can we just talk about the uh, the second title, the midway title? Both of you dance like you want to win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I just like that. That's fun. Yeah, that's great. Again, tying in, but that's what in the last episode we were saying about the things that happen in the apartment have a different tone to what happens outside. And that dance, dance revolution is the perfect thing because they both have to wear matching clothes and they're both like, um, 
they're both Asuka's clothes by the looks of it. So Shinji has to dress up in girls' clothes, and every like the their friends come over and like, what the fuck are you wearing? Kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. And they're embarrassed, and his his friend calls him a traitor. And and yeah, I think and yeah, he like leans in uh, to a seat to Masato and goes, explain this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so like it's it's fun and human, and all those moments are really great. But we also, I think it's this episode, we get more of the relationship between Masato and Kaiji, which we've seen over other ones. But we see, like, Kaiji flirts with the other scientist as well. With the yeah, he, like, scientist. hugs her from behind. Like, the first yeah, time he's seen her, he just gives her a, a creepy squeeze. Yeah, but she's like, she knows it's, you know, she knows what he's like and is kind of still into it. But then they, they're looking through the glass window and Masato's on the other side. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fucking like, kill you. You son of a bitch. Yeah. And then, is it this episode or the next one where it's the two of them in the elevator? And um, Yeah, one she, of the two. Yeah, and she's like, um, you know, it, we were together a long time ago. I don't want the And he's like kissing her. And he's like, you saying you don't want it. But your lips are telling me that you do. I know, want. that is the creepiest, rapiest I'm, lines. I'm, I'm gonna say twenty after twenty fifteen and later, you couldn't have that in your anime anymore. <laughs> no. Right. Post post Weinstein, you can't have that in your anime anymore. At the back then, I think it was less creepy, more of like a Han Solo Empire Strikes Back. I know you want to kiss me, Princess Leia. Which even now you look like now you look at that scene. It's like I don't know if you should be doing that, Han Solo. She hasn't signed a contract of consent with you yet, right? And it's kind of like quite right. Yes, um, and it's, it has those those kinds of vibes, right? Where she she clearly still is in love with him and attracted to him, but she can't. Uh, well, I don't know if she loves him, but she's definitely there's definitely an undeniable chemistry that yes. she can't break away from. Yeah, so I'm I'm willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt that it's trying to do a sleazy character in a way that if it was done today would be done differently. But he's not yeah, meant yeah. to be an aggressive sleaze. He's meant to be like a seductive, right? You're supposed to think, oh my god, he is hot shit. But now it's like, oh my god, he is a bit Weinsteiny. <laughs> yeah right you're supposed to think he's bill clinton as bill clinton was popular in the 90s not oh he's bill clinton so he's probably a rapist <laughs> right like which is the modern redefinition of bill clinton <laughs> so, he still gets to go to the, all the inauguration so i mean you know he does can't be that and if he's not convicted within the next couple of years you know just just throw it out there convict bill clinton just put it okay anyway moving on <laughs> So, and also convict Donald Trump. This isn't some political motivated thing. Like they're both bad dudes. They should both be anyway. The magma diver. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. This again has another defining daddy issues moment. Um. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave this one to you. So what is it? The daddy issues moment. They've they've gone into the volcano to get the embryo. Well, yeah, they're not quite in the volcano yet. They're sort of outside the volcano prepping to go in. And uh, Shinji notices there's all these helicopters circling around them. And uh, they speak to um, Asuka and, and Shinji ask Misato and, and Ritsuko, like, what's with all the helicopters? And they're like, oh, it's the UN. Um, if we fail, they're going to drop an N2 mine into into the thing and destroy destroy everyone and they're like what do you what kind of decision is that who on whose authority and they're like commander akari and mm-hmm. shinji's like oh 
Yes. Uh, so again, we've we've mentioned a couple of others, but there's an, yet another example of Commander Akari giving less than a single shit about whether a son lives or dies. And yes. he yeah, is it's willing all about to drop the, a the nuclear game. bomb into a volcano that might kill his son. Oh, probably you know? kill his son. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's willing to drop him in there. Well, I guess he's he's sort of standing on the edge, isn't he, the whole mm-hmm. time? Because uh, um, Asuka gets to do her diving trip that she wanted to after all. But yeah, this time yeah. into a volcano instead of scuba yeah. in the, some tropical island or wherever. Yeah. Oh, she was going to Okinawa, wasn't she? Yeah. I love that bit, though, where they're, they're, they're lowering it down. Um, and she's like, are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching? And then she does, like, the funny, stupid... Uh... Oh, the perfect entry kind of yeah, pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is I can't, is, I can't. I can't think of what you would call the pose. Like a man crossing it the looks street like, kind of It pose. looks like Jumpman. Like Mario yes. in the original Donkey Kong yeah. game. In mid like that arms yeah. and legs up in the air but again that's that perfect moment characterization stuff that we were talking about with her and Shinji earlier on where before she was she has been performing to impress Kaiji right but now Shinji is there and she's like Shinji Shinji look at me right mm. and that she does that before she goes into the volcano and in the swimming pool earlier on Shinji is distracted by Ray and is looking at Ray coming out of the swimming pool but then um, uh, Asuka is like, Shinji, Shinji, look at me, watch me do this dive. And it's like this, she she wants those eyes on her, that, that attention. Um, and it's that same thing we were talking about earlier on, where what she does with Shinji, which is just, again, incredible writing, is she always puts him down for not being enough of a man, but then manipulates his manhood in an attempt to get his attention and it's like um you know you're just a boy you're not you know you're a boy you're not man enough for me now watch me do this jump yeah it's like mom 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 yeah mom yeah mom look at me mom (laughs) yeah yeah and uh yeah again a really well-written character that is insufferable until you understand it right and then as yeah yeah as you understand it it's like oh i see it is insufferable still but with uh, purpose rather than just yeah. for the, yeah for like I'm expecting proof. it I'm expecting it and I'm ready for it yeah <laughs> just, yeah in the meantime I just have I have I have little this yeah this is going way back to when I first said about how I hated her um, I don't hate the fact that she's in the show like it's a, I realize that she's important for the for the story um, I just have very little patience for insufferable. <laughs> characters and i i need them to either explain themselves mm-hmm. or or get their comeuppance quickly because i i don't know and maybe it's just a uh more what's more as more to do with me than it is to do with anything else i just can't i can't stand people that uh don't fulfill my criteria for decency yeah the one point i really did want to bring up actually was um the way that asuka is constantly referring to to shinji as a boy but earlier on when rei is trapped and uh shinji saves her she sees his father within him because both shinji and his father rescued her from from the pod and what rei sees in shinji is the man right rei looks at him and literally sees the man in like the man he can become which is his his father to her and so she sees him as something more than just a boy in that moment, 
which is when she opens up and smiles, because the only time we have seen her smiling before is in front of his in front of Shinji's father earlier on, where Shinji watches mm. her talk to his father and she is smiling. She doesn't smile until she sees his father inside of Shinji, right? And um, she sees the man inside of him, not the boy. Whereas Asuka is always calling him a boy, a boy, a boy. And then at the end of the Magma Diver, um, she's float, she fights the angel, um, she gets disconnected and she's going to sink down into the volcano and die. And she says like, oh, is this how it all ends? And she has this quite poetic moment, really, where she doesn't panic and all of that childish bravado is gone. Right? It's evaporated away because there's no one to do a show for. It's just death. And then she expects to die and becomes calm, like zen, and all of that childishness is gone. But then she looks up, bam, Shinji has caught her suit in the volcano and is dragging her back up. And she has a different reaction to him again. And she's like, oh, Shinji, you fool, or something like that. Right. But it's not like, oh my God, Shinji, you saved me. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, you're so, thank you so much. Or it's not even like, what are you doing? I was going to save myself. Right? Like, like that stuff that we've seen of her character isn't there in that moment. It's, uh, she just like whispers and mutters under her breath and again, sees him as something more than just a, a kid, I think. Yeah, I think she's impressed by him mm. in that moment. She kind of, it does, yeah, says something like, uh, why would you do this? Or, you know, something like you, like you said, oh, you fool, but with a smile on her face, not, yes. she's, she's not belittling him. Mm. She's kind of, yeah, I think she's impressed. Yeah. I think that's one of what kind of what I was touching on earlier on was the two of them being at these similar stages of puberty is again met in that mind matching moment episode where they learn to synchronize together as well. Is they, they learn that although they're incredibly different and they have these different personalities, there is something about them that works together and they find that and they execute it perfectly. And then the minute they do, they're straight back to fighting again. Oh, why is yeah. your robot on my butt? Oh, I can't believe you landed. You tried to fall on top of me, you perv. And then that's where she has the line. Um, I know you tried to kiss me last night while I was asleep. And he's like, oh, you were awake? I thought you were sleeping. And she's like, I didn't know you tried to kiss me. I knew you were, I was asleep. And you're, and we yeah, and he's like, then he's like, yeah, well, I stopped myself anyway because I'm a good guy. Yeah, she's like, there's yeah. again, like uh, a very sort of innocent and naive way of trying to defend yourself from yeah, I, I, not I, kissing a girl who was asleep. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to kiss you, but I didn't because I stopped myself. Yeah, yeah, I stopped yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to say, I had no intention of kissing you. But again, that's the kind of the human moment, right? And that's kind of one of the things that I feel a lot of shows today would miss out on. Is Captain America, the character of Captain America, the perfect moral protagonist, wouldn't even think about it, right? But that's what makes Captain America um, the perfect hero the idyllic hero that you look up to right but shinji isn't captain america shinji is the person who has that human response in oh, i really want to kiss her and has that dilemma should i do it and that's the human character right this the human is, character if... 
The human character is the one who has that thought and then has to decide if they will do it or not. If it's the right thing to do. Yeah, he's Spider-Man. I'm putting it out there again. Shinji is Peter Parker. Shinji Akari, Peter Parker. Let's get the... Well, to be honest, they're both constantly throwing their suits in the bin and walking away, aren't they? And then, yeah. they, in, and then they inevitably come back to, because uh, everyone else will die if they don't do it. Exactly. And yeah. he'll probably keep running into all these issues and, and, and dilemmas when it comes to love and girls and he'll keep making the wrong decisions and make the situation worse. But ultimately, it will end up saving the day because that's all he gets. Yeah. He doesn't get to doesn't get to stay with Mary Jane. He doesn't get to stay with Gwen Stacy. Shinji won't mm. get to be t- like um, traditionally happy as long as it, his responsibility is to be the the one or two or three things that stand between the world and annihilation. Do you know what the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider Man movies? are a very bad synthesis of the Spider-Man comics and the Neon Genesis Evangelion thematic ideas, right? Where they've tried in the Amazing Spider-Man movies to do the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man with like an injection of Neon Genesis Evangelion where he's met the girl and everything's going right, uh, but then her dad dies. And then he's met the girl and everything's going right, uh, but then her back gets snapped. And it's the, uh, the the comics. And this, this is a really great thing on, on uh, another podcast I listen to, The Weekly Planet, which is like one of the definitive comics podcasts in the world anyway. Um, but they always say the problem with Spider-Man movies is in Spider-Man comics, you have like 10 years of Spider-Man being Spider-Man and he's stopping bank robberies and he's fighting the rhino. And then once every 10 years, like Gwen Stacy dies. Right. Then you have another 10 years of uh, he's, you know, he's, he's fighting things, he's doing a bank robbery. Um, then Aunt May dies. Then, you know, he's fighting it, blah, 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 blah. Whereas in the movies, it's like movie number one, uh, Uncle Ben dies. Movie number two, uh, Gwen Stacy dies. Movie number, and all you see is Spider-Man's life being miserable and dog shit. You don't get to see that much of fun in it. And that's why the, the Andrew Garfield ones are, are so miserable. Because they've got this air of Neon Genesis Evangelion of of doom right there is uh, an air of um they're always saying in neon genesis evangelion um we need the avas to win this fight but as we watch the show more the more of the show we watch the more it's kind of like man this is just getting tougher and tougher and like especially with the pyramid uh the like the diamond one in um episodes five and six like if another one of those showed up, like, they'd be fucked. If just a tougher one of that one comes along, like, then, you know, these, these, they're on, they're holding on with their fingertips at this point. And it always feels very precarious. It doesn't feel like, uh, and they're just going to fight the alien. They're going to beat the alien and then we're all going to go home at the end. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the thunder badge and then we'll go home. You know, it doesn't have... <laughs> It doesn't have that same vibe. At least got the name of the badge right this time. <laughs> that was a deliberate reference back to the previous episode. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I was going to say, um, two merchandising ideas from this episode. This penguin just saw your first uh, your first bonus. <laughs> um, and and number two is the <laughs> is the Spider Man uh, cover 
of him walking away from the, the spider the spider-man suit in the bin but redone yeah. with shinji walking away and the uh his uh oh yeah because suit that, in the bin that cover is peter parker walking towards yeah. frame in his civvies yeah with no the, no the sp- that's 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 the end of amazing fantasy that the first ever spider-man one so we, we've got that's three merchandising ideas you're right because you've got peter parker walks away with the giant silhouette of spider-man that's behind what i thought him. you meant yeah yes so with that one you can have the evangelion robot behind behind yeah. and, yeah. and shinji walking away yeah that would yeah. be awesome yeah yeah, but I mean the the classic the, the cover, which is uh, he's walking away from an alleyway. He's exiting an alleyway with the the Spider Man mask hanging out of a dustbin, as he's he's leaving it like thrown in the trash. And so we're all right, all right, that's it. Merchandise, much like Evangelion has themes of puberty coming out the wazoo. Um, we've got merchandising concepts coming out of <laughs> coming out of our wazoo for this. <laughs> out of our, our collective wazoo. I've got wazoo. a merchandising boner. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've just seen your first merchandising bone. <laughs> this penguin just saw your first one. <laughs> okay. For this one, there haven't been that many daddy issues stuff come up. So I don't want to say to you, um, what does this make you think about your relationship with your father? Because I don't know. I haven't met, I've met your dad a good couple of times. And I don't have the idea that he would drop a nuclear bomb on you in a volcano. <laughs> so I... I mean, I've never been in a volcano. So I guess it's hard <laughs> to say. So let's let's go, let's swap that a little bit. What have you thought of the show so far? Because we're at episode ten, we're not quite halfway, but we're we're, we're getting close. What have you thought of it so far? Um, wh- not what are your predictions going forward, but what are you expecting going forward from where we are now? Um, I'm guess I'm just expecting that each of our main characters will continue to unravel. And I don't feel like any of the main characters are finished. I don't think we've learned everything about all of them. I don't think they are... I don't think the development is, is stalled. Um, I think that we're just going to keep finding out more about the backstory of these people, and especially with the younger ones. And, um, yeah, watchers, they all kind of weave in and out of each other. And, and yeah, and just with, with regards to... Just with regards to the, the father and son relationship, too, like, that's that has been the most sparse of any of the, the, the relationships in between any of the characters. We've seen nothing. Mm. In the first episode, they try and give you some indication of what the history is between Shinji and his dad, but then it's just, it's in little, uh, very little uh, information. And they haven't really compounded on that since then. So I'm hoping, and I'm imagining and expecting that as time goes on, we'll know more about why uh, Gendo Akari is the way he is and has treated Shinji the way he does. I'm going to give you a little bit of a tease and say, look out for episode twelve for some some more daddy issues because that one that one's that one's going to tickle you. The one thing I I I wanted to bring up was in our last episode we spoke about Pacific Rim and how the whole theme of Pacific Rim was teamwork, and I sent you a message and said episode nine mind matching moment is the Pacific Rim episode of uh, of Evangelion. Yeah, definitely. And the uh, Pacific Rim kind of feels like they took that episode and then just stretched it out uh, into a full-length movie and then went, ah, oh, we're not doing it in Japan, we're doing it in Hong Kong. So, which is fine, I love Hong Kong. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all good with me. Um, well, you know, because that's why Hollywood movies set make always have some sort of sequence. Big blockbusters, they often nowadays have a sequence in Hong Kong or Seoul 
or mm-hmm. Beijing or something because the Chinese and, and, and Eastern market is so strong now, especially like, like with like big blockbusters with the, the Disney, Disney. Oh, that's a bad slip of the tongue. No, I, mean, no, I meant to say no. Marvel. Um, no, and, no, Disney is, is a fair a fair reference. Yeah. Well, sure, Disney too, and like the Transformers movies, and mm-hmm. yeah, Pacific Rim. They they make all Hollywood movies, but they know that if they set a piece of it in a place that's recognisable to those those Asian markets, then mm-hmm. more people will go and see it from that side of the world, and they can make more money. I would say if that is a topic that you you are interested in, then if you look at the awful commentary channel, then me and Steve from I would say two thousand sixteen have a, a podcast of our awful commentary podcast that we did back then about the Chinese market. So at that point, we both lived in China. Steve was living in Shanghai. I was living in Hong Kong. And we had both just gone to see Independence Day 2 featuring a famous Chinese celebrity, Angela Baby. Now, I don't know if you know who Angela Baby is, Dave, but she plays a very prominent role as one of the three main characters in Independence Day 2. Um, specifically for the reasons that you, that you are talking about there. Yeah. So we uh, we have we did an episode on that. Um, we also kind of spoke about the Great Wall. I think that the Matt Damon movie. Oh um, wow, that's garbage. Yes. Then uh, we spoke a little bit about Ghost in the Shell, and um, I think I uh, from memory, this was like five years ago. Yeah. We recorded this episode. I've got one too that's not um, not quite China or or Korea in terms of the size of the market. But when I was in Bali. Um, it was around the time that there was, I think it was a Mark Wahlberg action movie that had like Ronda Rousey and some other people in it. And also, I can never pronounce his name, but Iko Iwais or whatever from the main character from The Raid in The Raid 2. Yes. He's one of the crew in this like action heist movie or whatever, one of the minor characters. But he was front and center of all the posters in, in yeah. Bali because he's Indonesian. And that's just, you know, at that I mean, he's great. He's an amazing oh, he's awesome. um, action yeah. and even just an actor too. So uh, it makes sense to put him into your movie just because he's great. But then you're like, hey, on the, we also get a bit of extra scratch in that Asian market. Yeah. 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 That does play into a lot of things. Um, it's a really interesting topic to revisit, actually. So we might have to try and uh, try and see if we can rope Steve and uh, Steve in for, for something to come back five years later because these things have only grown, especially if you look at um, The Meg for example. So I've been, we will... I've been meaning to look at that. Oh, <laughs> I, can't I don't find, know if there's... I can't find enough in it from to convince my girlfriend to watch it with me, but I mean, it's a giant shark and Jason Statham, which I would have thought would have been enough, but no. That's why my mum wanted to watch it. I didn't want to see it. My mum wanted to watch it because she I said, should just, just live with your mum. Watch all the right <laughs> that's, stuff. Let's swap. I'll move in with Laura and you can move in with my mum. No, I mean, can we do the other way around? I'll send Laura to to your way and <laughs> your mum can come live with me. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I love you. (laughs) In case case she listens to this. She won't. No, she won't. It's fine. We're safe. Yeah. Not in a million years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that brings us to the end uh, of the episode. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Tune in next time uh, for whatever the next episode will be because... Maybe we'll release this in, in, in two weeks or something like that. It'd be cool to keep them coming out, to keep people tuning in. Um, when episode three will be uh, for Evangelion, I'm not overly sure at this point. But that will be for episodes 11 to 15. We are really, really getting into some shit at this point. That's yeah. some stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be great. 
Uh, any final words for, for the audience, Dave, who've made it this far? Um, if you've made it this far, uh, like, well done. comment, subscribe. All that oh, stuff. I don't, I don't go in for all that. <laughs> do what you fucking want. You know how YouTube works. If you like yeah. it, you do the thing, and if you want the thing, you click the thing, or you know, you just um like my brother. Sometimes I'll go. Can you just like click click the link so we get and watch it for seven seconds so we get a so we get a yeah. view? That'd be that'd be great. Cheers. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. Share it to your family and tell them to only watch it for seven seconds, and that's enough. Yeah. And or also... at least like skip through maybe like four or five clicks yeah. throughout throughout the play, and then so yeah. it looks like you watched all the way through, but you don't you don't have to. It's fine. It's just more for us, I think, than it is for anybody else. <laughs> and remember. For the young men listening, that penguin saw your first erection. That's the end of the episode. I'm, I'm kind of there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs>